0: Beyond the mic with Sean Dillon.
1: We're joined on the star line by an LA-based singer-songwriter, acclaimed vocalist, bassist, actress, and publicist. You might know her as the tap dancer on Fox's "I Can See Your Voice," but we call her a Beyond the Mic repeat offender. She's our friend Heather Yeomans.
0: (sighs) Thank you so much, Sean. Thanks for having me here again,
1: Heather. Let's go Beyond the Mic. Your latest project is a commentary. On happiness. Mm -hmm. Who inspired you to create this?
0: So I started writing a lot of songs, right? And I noticed these themes and you know, while I am an optimist and I'm I'm a pretty happy person, it's not to say that I don't write sad songs. But I noticed this theme in my writing and I thought, Oh, I really have something to say about happiness. I have so much to say. And a lot of that stems from how I grew up. I was raised by a wonderful woman who just sees the world realistically but also through rose-colored glasses in the best way she knows how to to make the best out of like the hardest situations and and see the good in people so that naturally rubbed off on me and it's a part of who i am as a person
1: and as an artist a little closer to happy bottles up suntan lotion happiness the beach the friends sometimes a little sadness (laughs) all into one big song why was this song so important for you to get out right now?
0: You know, I struggled with the release date for this one because the the whole tune is inspired by Soak Up the Sun by Sheryl Crow. So it's like my modern adaptation of that song. It's not to say that the entire song is super cheerful and, you know, it's it's a realist view of happiness. So it can be a little dark in some places, but that's OK because like happiness is a journey. Right. And it doesn't mean that we can't be sad and it doesn't mean that you have to be happy all the time to be a happy person. So I wanted to release it. In the spring or summer, it was written back in late 2019. But I sat on this one for a while. I wanted it to be the right time. And, you know, it's just starting to get hot. I mean, in L.A., it's always warm. Uh, Around the country, it's starting to get a lot warmer. And I, I want this to be the soundtrack for spring and summer as we all kind of get out into the world again. And, you know, we've been through so much in this past 13 months. If it's ever been clearer, it's now like Happiness is a journey and we've all struggled. We're trying to hold on to that happiness and as we transition into you know, life as we know it today.
1: In the music video to A Little Closer to Happy, happiness is represented by a single yellow balloon. <laughs> Why did you think a single yellow balloon was the perfect symbol for happiness?
0: You know, one of the primary messages of A Little Closer to Happy is is to hold on to your happiness, right? And that can be really hard sometimes. It's easy to get sad or, you know, upset with the world or, or how things are going. And I felt like a balloon is something that you hold on to, but it's also, you know, looking back on it. A balloon could symbolize holding on to the concept of happiness or the construct or what we think happiness is. At the end of the video, spoiler alert, I let the balloon go. So that's the best description or reason I have for letting the balloon go. and and it was a, f- a friend of mine that brought that up. You know, oh, when you let the balloon go, it was almost like, you were letting go of the expectations of being happy and how you think everything ought to be. And it was such a great thought because so much of our happiness is dependent on expectations and how we think things should go. And when they, when they don't go our way, for me, like that's my main source of sadness when I think some somebody or something is going to be a certain way and it doesn't happen as I planned it. So, you know, something that I've been working on and something that's a theme in the song is like letting go of those expectations. I'm super type A, that's how I grew up, that's who I am. And then being that type of personality, it's really easy to get consumed by perfectionism and feeling like you need to do everything right. Or if you miss the mark on something that it's the end of the world. But, you know, as I'm growing into myself, I'm trying to let go of those expectations of how I think things should go because it's up to you and not other people to define what true happiness means to you. That's something that I'm personally discovering every single day. And in order to do that, you have to let go of the expectations of others. And that's so much easier said
1: than done. How is your expectations of happiness change? Garth talked about those unanswered prayers. Some things we thought we might want isn't really the thing that brings us true happiness.
0: Yeah, I think it's all about taking a step back. And I think we, we had a chance to do this during the pandemic, to take a step back and ask ourselves, what do I really want in my life? What path do I want to take? What are my sources of happiness? Who are the people or things that don't make me happy? And and how can I just kind of refresh my life? I think I speak for a lot of people in saying that this time was almost essential to, like, recharge in that aspect. My expectations for happiness, you know, I just want to be, like, it was hard during this past 13 months because I wasn't around my family a lot. I think I saw them maybe, like, once or twice, very, very distanced and very quickly. So... You know, just really making those moments count because you never know, you know, one day if people aren't going to be here. And I want to make sure that, you know, my happiness is based in like the memories that I can make with those people. And also like the beacon of happiness during my quarantine this past 13 months has been my dog, Gracie. My social media accounts are Gracie Stan accounts as well. So if you ever want like any cute Jack Russell Terrier content, that's where you're going to find it.
1: As we come out of the quarantine, how has your memories of happiness changed? I thought I understood happiness was one thing. After hugging my mom and dad after months unable to, I treasure it more. Mm -hmm. Before it was, thanks mom, thanks dad. But now each hug is so precious because you don't really know when you're going to have that next hug.
0: Yeah, definitely. If this time has taught me anything... It's kind of reshaped my perspective, you know, like my perspective on happiness, but also as that pertains to, you know, valuing my time more with family, like valuing my time, my time to like recharge and give myself the self-care that I need. This was a reset. And I think for a lot of people, they were able to identify the people that they didn't want in their lives anymore (laughs) and the people that they really missed. I've definitely grown so much throughout this entire process, and it hasn't been easy. I am very lucky. I've, I have friends that were not so lucky that, that struggled with coronavirus and that struggled with everything that the quarantine brought on, and I'm just so thankful, and I have a very supportive husband who's been there for me the entire time. We've been there for each other. This was a, a big wake-up call in my life. To be honest, like, what do I, I had to think, what do I really want? And who, do, like, what is my purpose in this world? My purpose is to make other people happy. And I, I do that like so many different ways. And, and that's how, you know, I was writing these songs and I was kind of sitting with my own thoughts these past 13 months. And that's where I landed. And that's why my artist project is a commentary on happiness. I have so much to say. I have so much to
1: say. We all chase things in life. We all chase the concept of Mm -hmm. having more people see our work. We want Mm -hmm. more people to enjoy the things we find important. How do you feel you've achieved so far in your chase?
0: Oh, it's an endless pursuit, let me tell you. As an artist, if we're talking about happiness and being an artist or being a creative or somebody who just, like, makes something or entertains...
1: As an artist on Instagram, she has shared so many talented people with us.
2: Yeah. How do
1: you feel you are right now? One step forward, two steps back, maybe you haven't even started your chase.
0: I honestly feel like I haven't even started, and I've been in this business as a performer since I was... 10 doing this professionally. I'll give away my age. This is, that was 18 years ago. So it's been wild ride. Like, let me tell you that I am as an artist, I'm never satisfied. <laughs> that's like crazy to say, but that's, I'm, I'm, I get, I don't think it's like never, but I always see the room for improvement or how I could do something better or how I can communicate something better or write something better. For me, as when I originally wrote a little closer to happy, this was like pre pandemic. Um, a lot of the verses were kind of grounded in me just wanting something more like I know, like I can see the destination in the distance. But, you know, as an artist, it it can get discouraging because you have like days where you're like up, you're on top of the world. And then days when you're like really down on yourself. But what I've found is even through that, it's important to have a community of people around you who see your light and support you. But it's also important to know that it's, it's baby steps. Like it's a journey, like happiness is a journey and like success is a journey as well. So as an artist, I'm never satisfied. I feel like there's always something more to do. That's why I feel like I haven't even started yet. And I I say that because for the longest time, and it, it, it comes in like ups and downs, I felt like I was putting up obstacles. I was building walls like mentally for myself of what I thought I could accomplish or what I was worthy of accomplishing. And the day that I took a step back and I realized that and I had a check-in with myself, it it was a game changer. And I speak a lot um, to people in the industry about putting yourself out there because I am a publicist for Fender as well. And the first step to putting yourself out there so that you can show the world your art and you can achieve your goals and and realize your potential, it, it all starts with the mental aspect of like success is mental, right? You have to tear down those obstacles and open yourself up to all the goodness and the big possibilities and tell yourself that you're putting in the work and you belong in that room and you're worthy. And if you haven't put in the work to be in that room and you think that you can't be put in more work, that's the best way that I can describe it. It's I'm never satisfied with what I'm doing. There's always something that I can do better, and I'll be the first person to say that I'm 100%
1: not perfect. Speaking of walls, we're all not perfect. We both admit it. You learn the tap dance as a way of handling the health concern. Mm-hmm. Have you ever thought, Heather, if you were to have a child, you would pass on an issue to him or her?
0: Um. It's something, so when I was a kid, doctors told me I had this thing called fibular antiversion. It's a fancy way of saying pigeon-toedness. It's like my hips turn in, so it causes my feet to turn in, and mine was pretty severe. And usually kids will grow out of it, thank God. I was very, very lucky, and uh, in hindsight, it, it wasn't like a huge deal. But like at the time when you're a kid, and they're like, oh, we might have to do a surgery, like a pretty like traumatic surgery to like fix it. Or they were like, you can put her in like ballet and tap lessons and just like see how it goes. So my parents did that. Thank goodness. Like I was terrified, you know, but I, I went for the ballet to, to help with the turnout of my feet. But I stayed for the tap. <laughs> and that's how I felt because I loved it. I mean, my dad plays the drums. Like my family's super musical. My, my brother's a saxophonist in the U.S. Army. We could have like our own little family band, which is hilarious, even though we haven't all like played or sang together before, like we've we've done stuff like together, like just me and my dad, or like just me and my brother, or you know, but me not together. Mom. Yeah, we've never done something all together because it's a little disjointed, right? So like, <laughs> like I play bass, my dad plays drums, like both my mom and I are singers, and then I have two brothers that play saxophone. But it's like, where's the guitarist? I guess it's my husband. So technically, we have we have everybody we would need, but we just music
1: is just so much come on step up John yeah
0: I know shout out shout out to my husband John McLennan who actually just went live with Fender uh, Fender Guitars uh, he was really excited about it <laughs> right before I got on this interview but you know we're, we're super musical and I think that's why I really took to tap because tap dancers are musicians like tap dancers are athletes and you know, it's it's honestly one of the most fulfilling things that I do whenever I need to clear my head. I just, you know, Instagram and TikTok are incredible, especially during the pandemic. I was able to like follow all these different tap dancers that would teach choreography online. And that's something that I did. And when I went on I Can See Your Voice, I ended up doing tutorials on YouTube of the tap dances that I did on the show. And um, shout out to Dominique Kelly, who is one of the main choreographers that I worked with on the show. He's one of the best tap dancers in the whole world. He's incredible. Um, He's been a pro since he was like a little child. And I just learned so much from him. And he worked with me on all the choreography. And I was excited to put that out out into the world so that people could go learn it. And some people have commented and they've said, I'm going to go learn this. I learned this. This is awesome. So um, the fact that I'm able to share... Um, what I love and it makes other people happy is the coolest thing in the world.
1: You're the queen of Spotify and Instagram. Do you feel these platforms have reached their pinnacle? We're <laughs> still in their infancy. And is there a platform that will surpass their popularity?
0: I mean, I think Instagram could be on its way out, to be honest. I think people have been, been saying that for a bit now. It's just, it's interesting to see how Instagram adapts, especially with like TikTok out in the world, because TikTok is... I mean, while it's not as mainstream across all the different, like, generations, it's huge. It's a huge deal. I'm on TikTok as well. But yeah, I think uh, we're going to have to figure out a better solution for the, the streaming platforms because right now, artists are not really getting paid that much. Songwriters are not getting paid that much. And we really need to find a solution that benefits all the parties because, one of the biggest struggles being an, an artist, whether you're on a label or you're independent, is finding those revenue streams. And with touring having dried up the past 13 months, you know, it's been a struggle for a lot of musicians to, to figure out how they're going to make money. They've been, you know, selling more merch. But I think the industry really needs to come together to find a solution where artists can just make a little bit more money putting out music because, you know speaking for all the independent artists out there that don't really have much backing and that are you know paying for everything themselves like it's a, it's expensive to make great music i mean you can you can post a video from your living room you know playing an original song which is great i definitely commend that but actually producing it out, you know, hiring the session musicians and, you know, having a certain level of quality in everything you do, it's expensive because you want to pay people like the rate that they deserve. Um, I'm really big on that because in the music industry, I think something that has been a struggle, at least in LA is like 20 years ago, a gig paid a hundred bucks and now gigs don't pay that much more than that. So I think um, as an industry, we just need to to band together and get paid what we really deserve for for the music and for the work, if we're if we're going to have any longevity in this game. Um, but I'm all for streaming as a discovery platform. I think it's great for artists, a place where they can get discovered by new fans, and where they can catalog their music, and it's easy to find. I am a Spotify user. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see where the industry goes. I'm I'm very curious. I mean, even looking back to, you know, earlier in my journey within the music industry, somebody told me, I think it was back in like 2006, in five years, CDs will be gone. And I was like 13 or 14, 14 at the time. And I was like, are you kidding me? That's insane. Like, I thought it was the craziest thing ever, but there you go. Eventually, I wonder if music videos are going to be like holographic or like, 3d i don't know it's going to be amazing to see how um, technology continues to connect fans and artists together through digital platforms and the pandemic has changed the game as far as like digital consumption and digital media i'm very eagerly awaiting to see um, how the entire industry continues to adapt
1: for me i always will collect vinyl Mm -hmm. i love when people release vinyl out because i never know when it's gone my first music was vinyl and I love it yeah. so much.
0: There's there's something really special about vinyl. I think it's just the like the raw quality of just like putting on a record and you hear like a little bit of that like hissing sound a little bit and it's it's very very cool. Like it's a it's a vibe. I have a record player at home and early in the pandemic I just would put on records and listen to them all day and it was just so it was such a how would I say it, a meditative process. It was a religious experience. Listening to vinyl is a religious experience for sure. Um, and I'm glad to see that, you know, the vinyl enthusiasts are out there and there's this like throwback movement going on. And I- I've thought about putting some of my music on a vinyl, but, you know, when I get to the point where I want to release an EP, I think that's something that
1: I would consider. On the Instagram, you've shown those secret tap tracks you snuck into your Young Blood cover. Part of you wanted to keep those secret, but part of you is like, ha, 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 look what I did. I tricked you there.
0: I love tricking people and hiding tap easter eggs in all my music. It's I'm I'm working on a song right now. I don't know when it's going to be released or if I'm going to be the one singing on it or if it might be another artist, but I'm currently figuring out what my tap easter egg will be for that one. I just have so much fun with it. I think that tap it has this really cool percussive quality that cuts through that can add a lot of energy to a track. So, you know, when I lay the tracks in, it's usually in the courses and the bridges or, you know, big peak moments. And, um, and, and it's like my signature, it's putting my signature on my music. And it's, it's so much fun to show where I put everything and reveal it. Because a lot of people, they can't hear it because it really is in the mix. And I love to keep people guessing. And I think just tap dancing in general is really fun for people to watch. And I, you know, throughout history, there have been so many incredible tap dancers that have been awesome musicians as well. There are a lot of drummers that are tap dancers, a lot of um, vocalists and entertainers um, that are iconic that would that would sing and tap dance. But you know, the phenomenon remains today. Um, people just get really excited. When somebody taps and then they sing, it's it's there's just something so delightful about it. So, you know, when I did Youngblood on uh, By Five Seconds of Summer on I Can See Your Voice, it was a really cool moment. It was one of the coolest moments in my career that um, I got to put those two things together and just shock everybody and, you know, nobody knew that I was I was gonna come out with those vocals you know I knew that I had to make a full cover of that song and there were parts of young blood that I choreographed prior to the TV show like when I was in rehearsals that within the cut of the music that I was given didn't fit or I couldn't tap it and sing at the same time um, under that level of pressure it's just it's a lot of stamina so I was like perfect I'm like I love these parts so much that I was able to just, put them in the full version and, and then surprise everybody. And I think it's just, it's a wild experience, you know, but it's like uniquely me, even though so many, so many performers in history have, have married tap dancing with some other musical talent or, or vocals. It's, I don't, at least I, th- there are not really that many artists that I know of out there that incorporate tap dancing in their production and in their music in this way, like in pop music.
1: Halfway home, which means it's time for the Rocky Oh, here we go. (laughs) I'm so, I am so excited for this. Eight random questions. Answer with the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. There is no pressure. Favorite white claw flavor? Raspberry. What attracted you to your husband, John, and... Where did you go on your first date?
0: Uh, our first date was on Carlsbad State Beach in San Diego, California. We went to Starbucks first because he loves coffee. And what attracted me to John? I mean, John was my guitar player. I knew him for many years and uh, when we were teenagers. And he's just, he's got a great smile. He's a super happy guy. And I love that he plays guitar like we can make music together.
1: Have you ever gone to a psychic?
0: No, I haven't, but I want to.
1: Really? I
0: really, really want to go to a psychic because, I don't know, just for fun.
1: Favorite perfume?
0: Oh my goodness. Um, there's a, I don't think they even sell it anymore. It's a coconut mango uh, from Bath and Body Works. It, it smells like being on the beach.
1: <laughs> if there was a movie that solved all your problems, what movie would that be?
0: That's so hard. The Pursuit of Happiness. Starring Will Smith.
1: What was the first concert you ever saw?
0: Whew. This is really hard. I want to say, well, saw. Like, the first concert I ever went to, like, a proper concert was my own, which is wild. Um, I was 13. And then I think maybe, like, Hilary Duff or something. Or maybe, like, it depends on how many people we're talking. Sting, maybe?
1: Favorite festival you've ever gone to but not performed at?
0: Oh, that's so hard. I really don't go to a lot of festivals. I I really haven't, but I would go to the Hollywood Bowl season. I'm a big Hollywood Bowl fan. And then also, I would go see all the concerts at the Orange County Fair in Southern California. So I guess that
1: counts as a festival. What's the most complicated thing about your life?
0: Having an identity crisis, because I love to do so many things.
1: <laughs> I don't have enough time. <laughs> Heather Yeomans joins us beyond the mic, and here is her new single, A Little Closer.
2: the surface looking out of my purpose but it's hard to make knowing that I'm my fault sometimes I get nervous think is it really worth it do I have to be perfect or nothing at all they say that we I don't know where I'm headed. With all logic suspended, I'll self-destruct, lose it all. And when I feel useless, remind me what I do. There's no choice but to push through it and stand ten feet tall. They say that we all end up where we're meant to be. And honey, you were there when that was hard to believe. And now I'm a little closer to happy. I guess I never knew that I said to get past me, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: back half with heather yeomans beyond the mic you've said quote i was born and raised in san diego just a 10 minute drive from the beach so whenever i struggle with happiness i turn to the ocean for some soul searching why have you personally struggled with happiness
0: um because i can see like i have a vision for where i want to go i tend to look way ahead at, you know, what I want to accomplish in my life or, you know, what I want in my relationships, you know, I think it goes back to that whole, like having expectations and then having those expectations not met, you know, so things, things play out, not the way that you expect. It really would puzzle me. So, you know, naturally, since I, I grew up 10 minutes from the beach, like that was the place I would go to think, that's the place I would go to like talk to my best friends. Um, and during the pandemic, that was the place I went to, to clear my head, you know, the beach was everything to me. I don't know how I would have been able to get through the past 13 months without living near the ocean.
1: Now, between gigs, TV shows, and podcasts with your friends here, (laughs) you're a global PR and communications manager for Fender. How has your job allowed you to enjoy music even more now?
0: Wow, um, that's a great question. So, you know, my life kind of blends together. Like I have all these different interests from, you know, the singing and the bass playing and making music and tap dancing to, you know, writing. Like I used to be a journalist and being a publicist now. So it's really nice to have so many synergies working at Fender and doing all, all this other stuff. You know, Fender has been a game changer for me because I've been able to work with some incredible musicians. Usually, given my position, it's me asking them questions for background, for, for things that we're working on. So the other day I was on Zoom with Niall Rogers in the morning and he asked me, Heather, how are you doing? How's your morning? And of course, I'm like, are you kidding? And I'm like, I'm like straight faced because I I really try to play it cool. Niall's an incredible human, an incredible human. I've been able to work with Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys and Jimmy Page and her... And just oh, and Ben Gibbard from Death Cat for Cutie, who I love, and he actually said something to me pretty profound um, when we were chatting. He said, "You know, people feel like they have to be a, at a certain level of proficiency to share their art." And his position on that is to don't don't wait to share it. Like if you if you have it in your heart, if you if you have that song there, like share it share it with the world. Like share your art, no matter where you're at, because you know, I feel like that's a huge part of the journey is just opening yourself up and, and putting yourself out into the world. And yeah, you know, 97% of people like won't, won't like it, but the, the, there's the 3% that really go hard for your, your work. So um, I definitely encourage any prospective artists that are out there, young artists that are just getting into the industry or people that just love to sing or play, don't wait to put your, out, your art out into the world.
1: Now, coming soon to be on the mic will be two stories you wanted my help in telling. We'll let you know about the special stories later this year. But why is it important for not only to tell a story through song, but to help others tell their stories?
0: I would say the through line with everything that I do, like all the different odds and ends, um, I'm a storyteller. That's, that's who I am. So yeah, to your point, all of my artist stuff is me telling my story when I'm a publicist and when I'm a journalist, um, I'm telling other people's stories and I'm a very curious person. Like I just, I want to know about people and I want to have conversations with people and I want to know how they see the world. So the fact that I'm able to work with these incredible artists at Fender to tell their stories with guitar, with music, um, it's, it's pretty incredible because I have so much respect for all of them and I believe in what they do. So I feel like it's, um, as musicians, um, it's all about the community, right? Um, no matter where you are in your career, I think it's important to lift all kinds of musicians up and lift their art up because being an artist is hard. <laughs> and um, when if you're if you're put in a position to help tell the stories of a very diverse set of artists, um, it's an incredible. Opportunity. Um, I am, and I continue to be so curious and and the biggest cheerleader for everybody that I work with.
1: Do you believe that you have the responsibility to help the next woman in music? I mean, there's been a glass ceiling in music. Do you want to be the inspiration for the next star in Delmar TV? Who <laughs> wants to be? I just want to be just like Heather.
0: Oh, 100%. So I see that in everything I do. So at Fender, um, you know, part of me telling other people's stories, I think it's so important for people to see themselves in that artist on stage or that artist in an article or in a commercial um, because, you know, the the face of guitar is more diverse than ever before. And and it always has been diverse, but a lot of those stories haven't been told, whether it's in regard to women in music or, um, you know, black musicians. And at Fender, I'm so happy that I have the opportunity to tell those diverse stories. It's very, very important to me because I feel like if I'm gonna be a vehicle for change for the people that I love and that I care about in this world, that's how I'm gonna do it. And I want some little little girl who's sitting out there, who's you know watching music on a live stream or watching, you know, listening to music on, on Instagram, I want her to know that she can do this. She can, she can 100% do this and it's possible. And, you know, I take for granted, um, you know, it's, it's hard being a woman in music, but I can't even imagine how hard it is to be a, a woman of color in music. Like it's so hard. Think about somebody who's a woman of color in music, who wants to be a country singer, but you know, they grow up not seeing a lot of people that look like them in that space. It's, it's crazy to think about that. And I was so privileged to see other that, women that look like me doing that. Um, so, you know, now that I'm in, in this position at Fender to tell diverse stories and to tell, the, tell all those stories and to inspire kids everywhere from all different backgrounds, um, I, it is such a privilege to me. And, um, you know, through my music, you know, occasionally I'll be on a gig or somebody will reach out to me on Instagram and they're like younger and um, they'll like draw me a photo or send me a message um, and say how much I inspire them. And you know, that's something I'm so proud of and it like melts my heart because there were people in my life that really inspired me and helped me visualize success. So um, it's in everything I do. I just, I wanna help the community I'm all about community and everything that I do because that's that's why I make music. like the, the, It's for the community. Yeah, it's for me. I enjoy making music, but it's about sharing it with the fans and sharing it with other musicians.
1: Your song Shine is a letter to your younger self. What one thing would you change from your past and what one thing you wouldn't change no matter what? Uh,
0: if I had to look back at, you know, Heather the teenager, which is you know, the perspective I was writing the song from, I would tell her to, to love her body and to love herself for, for who she is, to not let other people's expectations determine her plans. And then there's something that I wouldn't change was just for as long as I can remember, I think that's, that's something my friends see in me is that I, I try to always see the good in people no matter what. And it, it's a hard thing to do, and people that you know may, maybe are not optimists. Like, look at me, and they go, "How can you see the good in this person or this situation?" But that's how I'm wired. Yeah, it it can get you into trouble because sometimes you get fooled by people. And even with that said, I don't take back being that way. I don't take back having that outlook on life when I was when I was young. Even though some people may have called it you know, me being gullible.
1: Talk about the incredible power of music in your mind.
0: Wow, what a question. <laughs> I I have always had the music in me from the time I was a little kid. I would sing the books at story time instead of reading them. I knew it was in there. And I knew I was creative. I just had to develop and find ways to let the music out. So... The music in my mind is very powerful. It's so powerful that I've, I pursue music and creativity like nothing else in my life. You know, love of course, but like pursuing music, that's like, that's the reason I live. And it's what I'll leave behind. So 200 years from now when family member I never met, you know, they can, they can get to know me almost instantly by listening to, you know, my music and what I have to say.
1: What's the one hardest thing about being a singer and a musician?
0: <sighs> Not being too hard on yourself. It's when you're a creative, like I said before, you're never satisfied. And it's really easy to be unnecessarily hard on yourself. It's what, it, what makes you, it's what makes you better, but at the same time, it can be pretty self-destructive.
1: It's time for One Big Question with Heather Yeomans Beyond the Mic you said, quote, people know me as the eternal optimist, someone who always seems to find something to smile about. But happiness isn't perfect, and feeling happy all the time is a myth. We all get a little sad sometimes, unquote. What frustrates you, and yet it encourages you about life? And with all the darkness in the world, where is your light?
0: That is such a hard question. My light is, is being able to find the light in the darkness. That's my light. And it's, it's how I see the world. It's how I talk and communicate with people. It's, you know, somebody could be talking to me that's, that's had a horrible day or, or they've, they've had something really um, traumatic happen in their life. But I'm, I'm always there finding the light myself or helping other people find the light when it's almost near impossible and some people don't understand why I'm that way (laughs) it's hard if a pessimist and an an eternal optimist meet there's going to be some friction because those two people see the world in, in a very different way but you know being an eternal optimist helps me make other people happy and it helps me to never lose my light
1: so i can be there for others finally where can people find you and your music
0: okay so the main hub is my website heather yeomans.com that has all the goodies um, you can also follow me on twitter or instagram at heather yeomans y-o-u-m-a-n-s or, you know, you can just go straight to Spotify if you if you want to listen to the music and, and, and you have a moment and you want to discover some new tunes. Um, I'm Heather Yeomans on Spotify as well. Give me a follow. You'll be up, updated on all the newest releases as they come through because I, I do have new music, you know, after I release A Little Closer to Happy. Um, but I just have to say that I so appreciate the support of everybody in the music community, the fans. Other musicians, I am nothing without every single one of them.
1: Her family can create an entire band, enjoys Raspberry White Claws, and really, really, really wants to go see a psychic. Her latest (laughs) song is a little closer to happy, and it's out now. Heather Yeomans, thanks for taking the time to talk with us today.
0: Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun.
1: And that, my friends, is Beyond the Mic episode number 200.